If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Art of Awesome, episode number 218. The friendships you build while training and the memories you build while training are like something you'll remember a lot more than what you place at the World Championships where that 45 seconds you honestly probably don't remember. That's what I'm talking about. Wait. Okay, now. From the beginning. Hit it, boys. Welcome to the Art of Awesome. My name is Nick Troutman, and I'm a professional athlete, entrepreneur, family man, and adventure seeker. My goal is to share with you stories, knowledge, and inspiration as we continue on the journey together, searching for that secret sauce to producing awesome results in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get to it. Welcome back, everyone, to the Art of Awesome podcast. I am your host, Nick Troutman, and this is the show where we search for that secret sauce to success and the difference between the average and the awesome. Today, we are here in Columbus, Georgia, the home of the 2023 World Championships, and I get to sit down in person and talk with Mason Hargrove all about hosting the World Championships, being um, essentially the local hero and the pressures of that as a competitor, as an athlete, as well as just how to play the game of whitewater kayaking, how to play the game of life, and how to have the most fun. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot that we're gonna dive into, but uh, I really I'm I'm not gonna spoil it for you guys. So stay tuned, especially for the second half of the episode, as we really dive into how to just have the most fun and how to win the game of life. In my personal opinion, anyway. Um, so. Very excited as we're going to dive right into this and we're going to do some more of these interviews with international athletes as we get closer to the world championships. So stay tuned to that as well. But let's go ahead and dive right into it. Here is Mason Hargrove. So welcome back to the podcast, Mason. We are here in Columbus, Georgia, and we're getting ready for the 2023 Freestyle Kayak World Championships in your home spot. We're going to talk all about this. Um, and I'm just stoked to be, I'm going to start doing actually some more of these kind of like road to the world interviews with some of the different athletes as they're kind of rolling in town. And yeah, probably from now through worlds, it'll be a little bit more focused on the world championships mindset about training for the world championships, different things like that. I've got some cool things, uh, 
I don't know, up my sleeve maybe that, that, <laughs> that I'm excited to, uh, to, to do. But anyway, I'm excited today to have you here, the local boy, and we're going to talk all about, yeah, just kind of being the local boy at the World Championships. I've been there. You were asking me some questions, and I'm sure you're going to ask me some more in a second. Um, but I've been there myself. I've actually had uh, essentially been the local boy for two different World Championships because the Ottawa has hosted the world championships three different times one of them i wasn't even kayaking yet but the other two i was um but yeah well, let's let's kick it off by first i'll just say thanks for for joining me back on the podcast do you remember what episode you were on prior i don't remember the exact episode number but i remember what we talked about yeah me too i don't i don't remember either i'll i'll put it in the show notes i'll find what episode you were you were on it was a it was a while back but um yeah stoked to have you back on the on the podcast i'm excited to be here yeah so we're here again at the World Championships. What what are your thoughts? Where's your mental state? Uh, well, I'll kind of start drilling you and before uh, I'll allow you to ask me the <laughs> questions. But but I guess tell tell us a little bit what it's like uh, having the World Championships in your home spot, where you learned how to kayak, and wh- where are you at right now? Are you excited? Are you stressed? Are you nervous? Kind of how is it... Um, being essentially the local kid um and you're just one of the local kids because your sister's also local and there's and uh who else um hunter hunter's local bennett Bennett. uh who's the other tom uh, lived here for a while yeah there's all sorts of locals that that kind of grew up in uh in this area and kind of learned how to kayak here but you're one of them so yeah yeah, it's, it's pretty cool because you see the town starting to get ready. Um, the local coffee shop already has like the QR codes and everything getting ready for the world championships on that. And that's been going on for like two months now. So it really started to get real then. It's kind of weird because most world championships are all the world championships I've been to. You travel somewhere foreign overseas to go train for two months. And mm-hmm. I mean, we're two and a half months out from worlds now. So I'd be leaving in three weeks to head to this foreign destination just to start solely training and to be at home. It's like, it's different because you're at home. You got to switch from that mindset of just being home to, okay, I'm training for world championships Mm -hmm. and also being on like the host committee and seeing all the background stuff behind that. It's like, it's pretty cool to see it like all unfold and then like come together, especially like world cups last year, we sat in meetings for, five six months or I did they were planning it from years out and to see it all unfold it was like really real to see that and really cool to be like a part of that and then to be immersed in the actual event itself was like something something you couldn't think of and it felt like a dream yeah no I think it, it anytime you're like event planning it you know obviously happens months sometimes years in advance where you're starting this planning especially for the world championships it's usually like two years out minimum and um so so there's this long planning process and then when the event starts to really they start kicking it off and they're you know building whatever they need to build or or like the athletes start rolling in and then there's like the opening ceremonies and then the event kicks off like it's this like the we're in like almost like the finale stages you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um Kind of, um, yeah, I don't know, like <laughs> when you're a parent and, uh, and you know, you're, there's like the whole period where you're like, you're trying to have kids and then, and then if, you know, someone gets pregnant, then you're like, you're like 
building the child but then like once the baby's born then you're like oh man i'm like a parent now you know what i mean it, and we're kind of like in the final stages of like the pregnancy right now where the event's happening like the event is we're like you said less than 60 days away or or less than mm-hmm. i don't know exactly 67 67 there we go um like it's it's gonna and counting down like it's gonna happen quickly and then it's just gonna be here and the event's gonna just kick off and you're just kind of running with it um so it's cool to see kind of that build up, especially over a year's time where like all that energy, all that focus, all that dedication is all kind of like coming to fruition right now. Um, but it's also different for you as an athlete versus as like the organizer hat, do you know what I mean? Or, mm-hmm. or being part of the organizing committee. Like there's one thing to be part of the organizing committee and that's, trust me, that's a whole a hurdle on its own and there's a lot of work that goes into that a lot of dedication and and i always try my best to like go to events and say thank you to the organizers because i feel like it's like such a such a heavy burden that that doesn't get thanks as much as it should like it's a somewhat of a thankless job or like there's a few people that get thanked but not everybody and there's a lot of people that you know there's a lot of hard work that gets put into it so i'm i always knowing that like try my best to say thank you to as many people as i can um but so there's the like the mentality of like the being part of the organizing committee but then there's the mentality which is very different as being like a competitor and being an athlete um, and so kind of where are you at there and, and how's that feel being an athlete kind of almost for me anyway, when I was, when I was an athlete at a world championships, that was like my hometown, I felt like I was like so excited to showcase like one of my home spots. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Like, so I started back in 2014 and started kayaking, started kayaking in yeah. 2014 and this place, I mean, there was Hunter and that was about it and a bunch of locals and then 2016 rolled around, Tom Dole moves into town, mm-hmm. and I'm like, whoa, we have like pro kayakers coming into town. I was like this little kid in a wave sport boat. And to see it going from that to now we have countless internationals in town at all times, mm-hmm. and then it's just going to explode to 200, 300 athletes in the next month, it's kind of crazy to see that that happen. Because I remember even three, four years ago thinking, how sick would it be to have a world championships in Columbus? And we all were like, this would be super sick because the town just rallies around the river and to see it actually come together as an athlete. It's just like, like you said, this is my hometown. Like I want to show you guys around what I train on all year long. Like this is what has bred so many good kayakers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. it's It's such a cool location here and a combination of things. One, I mean the river, it's pretty unique um, having this river. One, you know, it it's splits the states. So there's Alabama on one side, Georgia on the other side. Um, but also you've got like two essentially major cities on either side as well, Phoenix City and Columbus. And so there's a fairly big population, but there's this really cool vibe like around the river. You've got the river walk right there. Everybody, I mean, you're steps away from coffee shops and nice restaurants. And then you've got the, like the splash pad and the kids park and they do, you know, concerts and stuff like that down by the water. Like it's definitely, there's a focus around kind of like the river vibe. And then you've got this other thing that's, that's semi unique uh, to this location besides, and let me, I guess, adding to that first 
the whitewater itself, like not just as everybody love the river community and the river vibe and all that stuff, but the actual whitewater that you guys have here is world-class. I mean, not just epic waves and, and rapids and whatever, but like the good wave itself is, I'm so excited to just have the world championships there because I happen to really like wave events and waves. Um, but I just love having it on a bigger, more powerful feature. And it's just, I don't know, I, I think it... It's just, it's a semi-unique location and I'm just really excited personally to have it here. Uh, but the other thing that I find so unique about this area is like the Southern hospitality is in full effect here. Yeah, you got Whitewater Express that'll come over here in the historical district and rush south. They're going to feed the athletes five different times throughout the event. That's wild. And they just put on parties, bring in like a band mm -hmm. and fully just embrace these athletes because they also know how special this is mm -hmm. like this is the olympics of our sport we're having 30 countries come into columbus georgia and this is why they built the river that we wanted community we wanted to grow it we want to show why we why we are one of the best places to be in the world for freestyle kayaking or just whitewater kayaking in general because like you were saying this river is changing always i mean it can go from eight uh 800 cfs to 13,000 CFS within or 72 hour, or 72,000 <laughs> CFS we're, we're in two days. Like the range is huge and there's always something that you can be working on. And I think the other special thing about good wave is that it's such a dynamic and changing feature that you always have to be on your toes and it brings out the best paddlers in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's again, amazing features, amazing white water. Um, and and just yeah, this hospitality is so cool. Like even the fact like where we're where we're talking right now, we're in the wintering grounds, um, and it's essentially like a parking lot that they've designated for the paddlers to just like park, camp out, be here all winter long. Everybody's welcome to stay. There's uh, you know you could use the, the bathrooms or water or whatever over like in the building if you need to. It's just they're just very welcoming to the paddlers, and that's. It's not like any other place. Yeah, not I, I've I've been to very few places where they're like this welcoming and this welcoming always like, you know, I'll go to the to Vail, Colorado for the GoPro Mountain Games and they're very welcoming to the athletes there and they're stoked, but it's different. They're like they're very welcoming for like that week. Do you know what I mean? And they're just really excited to have the athletes there that week. And it's a big they put on a big event and a big hurrah and everything here. They're just like stoked for you to be here any day of the year and they're just like yeah come back and just stay actually how about you just never leave how about you guys just stay here we'll we'll make a parking lot you guys can like park your trailers or camp out or do whatever like it's just i don't know i've, I've found a very it's just a very welcoming um community to the paddlers which is i mean as a paddler you couldn't ask for anything more like it's it's pretty cool and obviously whitewater express being a huge part of that um dan gilbert and, and those guys um and daniel very welcoming and, and doing, you know, above and beyond always what they can do to, to kind of help out. But even past that, it's like the whole uptown Columbus movement and just like everybody is just always trying their best to, to like, so what can we do for the paddlers and what can we do, you know, for the river community? Because not just the kayakers, but it's like the rafters and, and the surfers and just all that stuff. So it's, it's uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool community. And that to me is is fairly unique and, and definitely... 
even the other places that have that it's it, the the southern hospitality mixed on top it's just like it's everything's like above and beyond yeah so i want to ask you a few questions <laughs> you're gonna tur- turn the turn, turn the, the tables, tables here okay. time to turn the tables yeah. so going into your world championships in mm-hmm. 20 we'll go we'll go 2015 first um this is your third senior world championships was it your no, 20, 2015. So was I, your fourth? My first one was let's we'll count it out. We did okay. this. You asked me a we did a kids camp a couple of weeks ago and and Mason asked for a trivia question how many how many top 10 placings had I had at the World Championships and I couldn't even count how many World Championships I'd been to. So my first one was 2007. So that was Bus Eater, my home river by the way, yep. my first World Championships. My second one so then it was 2009. Um, 2011, 2013, 2015. So that would have been, that would have been my fifth world championships. Fifth world championships. That's way off. Okay. So going into your fifth world championships, Mm -hmm. what was your mindset behind that one? Mm -hmm. And knowing you kind of had an edge on garb, you, Mm you had been training there. You grew up on the river. Mm -hmm. What was your mindset going into the competition? Were you kind of like you had your ride and you were just doing that because you had done it a million times or were you just going like i'm just going to go with what the wave gives me um i'm going to turn this back around and ask you have you what do you ever make a routine and stick with your plan or do you ever go with whatever the wave gives you i make a routine and stick with it always always yeah me too now at the same point like sometimes i'll change up the order or maybe I'll go if you don't get a pass right. Yeah, yeah. or or like if I was gonna go right, but I'm set up left. Maybe I'll go left and then I'll go right or whatever it is. Um, but for me personally, now one of my best friends, he does it totally different. He just goes with every pass, like it's whatever the wave gives him. Everything's just fully on the fly. <laughs> maybe I'm like either you know, a little slower mentally, or maybe I just like the routine. I don't know what it is, but it's easier for me personally to set a routine and just stick with it because then I I don't have to um, put in the mental capacity for decision-making in my 45 seconds. Uh, And I find it a little bit quicker personally to go trick to trick that way. So to answer your question, I definitely had a routine. Interesting that you bring up 2015 World Championships. I don't know if you know anything about my my past or not. I do. I was going to get to that. <laughs> okay. Done a little homework. Have you? Wow, interesting. Okay. So you were leading all the way going into finals. Mm-hmm. You had the highest score of the entire competition. Mm-hmm. I think it was a 14 something. You know way more than I do. Yeah. I don't remember, but yeah. And so I th- actually, I think it was 13 something because Dane in finals got, got a yeah, 14 yeah. and. Br- Broke by uh, so you had a thirteen yeah. going into finals, winning uh, prelims, quarters, and semis. Going in, what was your mindset going into finals, knowing now what's happened in finals? But what was your mindset going into it? So, I'm going to. I'll answer that. I think so. You might be confusing two different world championships. My bus eater world championships in on uh, on the Ottawa as well. I won every round. By a pretty good margin. Um, Garb, actually, I think I had won like two of the rounds, but Dane won quarterfinals. So I think I maybe maybe I won prelims 
and then I Dane won quarters, and then I won semis. So you were first going into finals. I was still yeah. first going into finals, but but there was uh, one of the rounds Dane Dane won. Okay. Um. So anyway, I just wanted to clarify that. No, so because there, it could, to be honest, it was different mentality than like bus eater. You know, I I had been essentially dominating, and and it was a very different mentality because I was just thinking like, okay, I'm just gonna do what I've done. So like almost like a, a more passive mentality going into finals. Um, garb, I was thinking, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm same a little bit. Like I was, so ironically for garb. And again, I don't know, you say you've done your homework. I've talked about this a little bit, but not that much because, uh, ironically it, it probably brings up, uh, I get more emotional talking about 2015, which I, again, laugh that you brought that one up first. Um, I had trained the hardest that I've ever trained and, and I had dedicated the most time and effort and just everything into that world championships. Um, I was a machine. I was like, you know, running every day, weights every day, paddling twice a day, um, doing everything that I could be doing. Um, and and that was one of the few times of my entire paddling career that I fully choked. And um, and part of it was, you know, it's easy to, to, to make blame. Part of it was that I just choked. Mm-hmm. Couldn't deal with the pressure. It was a lot of pressure on me. Yeah. Um, the other part was that I had actually built up like a, um, like a routine of like how I prepare how I, you know, prepare mentally, physically, my warm up, all that stuff. And for finals, there was a set time. Men's finals is 2 p.m., whatever it was. Um, and so I was out there cheering on Emily because women's were at, I don't know, 12 o'clock or like there was going to be women's finals. Then there will be a break and then men's finals is how I had been told that it was going to happen. So I was in the eddy in my clothes cheering on Emily and then I get back up to my walk back up the island because I've got a ferry across because I was on the other side of the river and as I'm ferrying across um, I see the men's paddlers paddling into the eddy and I'm like oh that's interesting that they're warming up in the eddy already and then I hear on the mic like Nick they're waiting for you in the eddy men's finals are about to happen and I like don't have any of my gear on and I was like oh damn okay I'm late now. And so that, it, it just kicked off like uh, uh, not the mental state that I was trying to get into, the opposite. So I was like immediately then rushed and, and just like, and and um, frazzled, just not calm and collective. And so, um, yeah, it didn't, it didn't kick, it did, and then I like trying then to, you know, recover the whole time. Like, and just be like, I'm trying to calm myself down, but I'm already at like essentially a peaked elevated state. Yeah. Because it's your home worlds. So you have your entire family. Yeah. Family. I mean, yeah. I mean, and then like, it's like, yeah, everybody, everybody that I've met, you know, is telling me, you know, <laughs> you've got to win this. This is you. Da, 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 da. You know, the pressure is definitely on. And so, um, yeah. So anyway, long story short, um, I'm so the other thing then I'm winning going to finals and so I'm last to go and as right as I'm dropping in Dane went right before me had a great ride right as I'm dropping in um 
they said, uh, they announced Dane's score. Um, like literally as I'm hitting the wave, I find that, you know, weird that they would do that, but it is what it is. And it's nothing you can change about it. Usually they like announce the score and then they give the thumbs up of the paddlers, but whatever it, things have changed versus, you know, how it was back then. And so, um, so I hear his score, like as I'm hitting the wave and my, my first thought is like, Oh shoot. Like, I, I don't know if I could beat that score. Horrible thing to be thinking. Yeah. Uh, and then literally the entire run just like unravels and 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 then the, and then so you get three runs best run counts my first run is horrible second run now i'm like again last to go and i'm like oh man i'm now i'm getting the like oh am i choking what and then so second run horrible and uh and i literally had to like get out of my boat and walk up into the woods and go and meditate and like lay down in the woods and just like chill and try my best to like um recover from because now I'm like now I am choking and uh, not only am I choking I'm choking in front of everybody that I've ever known and everybody who's cheering me on and all this stuff and and choking for myself and all yada 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 and so I had to go try my best to be like pull myself out of this pretty deep dark place that I had like crawled into mentally um, and uh, and yeah so then I went out and did a third ride and it was. Um, Nowhere close to what I was aiming for, um, but it was enough. Like what? Essentially, I had gotten into such a bad mental state, like in this like choking phase, of like within a, a matter of you know twenty thirty minutes, um, that I when I went up into the woods, and I don't know if I've even told anybody this ever before, but I was just like, I just want to go do a ride that I could like sign my name to and say like, okay, there. That was me. I could at least say, like, I did that ride. I'm not even aiming for a world championship ride anymore. I don't even care. I just want to do a ride that I could say, that was me. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was kind of crazy. Yeah, like, again, the ride was not great start. It, it started picking up by the end of it. Like, it was a lot of shaking off a lot of cobwebs. And, uh... And then by the end of the ride, like I lose my paddle and I just keep throwing tricks without a paddle. And like, then I'm like starting to get into my groove, but time's already done. But like in my head, I'm just thinking like, I need to just show a performance versus like when, like I have, I've already given up the title. Yeah. Like I'm not even competing for a world championship title anymore. I'm just trying to show to everybody watching, Hey, I actually do know how to kayak a little bit. Here's some tricks. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I was, I was somewhat shocked that, um, and just happy, whatever that, you know, I, I got a bronze medal there. I made it on the podium. That was awesome. Um, but I had, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a dark place for me to go into. And so, yeah, there's, I mean, you know, there's, I understand there's a lot of pressure that gets put on like hometown heroes for sure. And I've seen this, ironically, I've seen this at a lot of world championships where, um, Kim 2019, yeah, and and there I'm I'm forgetting I'm blanking the German guy in uh, 2011, and I don't remember if there was like um if there was a Swiss guy back in tune or not. But but a lot of times there's like the local hero that everybody's you know expecting. Oh, this guy's gonna dominate, but that local hero gets a lot of a lot of weight on their shoulders, and so I uh, certainly do not envy your position. <laughs> And, and I've actually been thinking about this 
myself. I'm like, oh man, this is so awesome. I'll let Mason carry the weight. And I'm just going to come in and <laughs> own this competition here in Columbus. Um, but yeah, I don't know if, if, if you feel that or not, or if you've felt that yet. Um, but if you haven't yet, it's likely going to come. No, I definitely felt it in World Cups. Um, ambush went great, I think, because it was a lot lower key of a competition. And I trained that wave a lot more than I trained Good Wave because we mm-hmm. didn't have as much water. Mm-hmm. So I was training Ambush a lot and coming down to Good Wave. I remember the day before the comp, we had 70-person lineup in Good Wave. Mm-hmm. I did one ride and felt good. But then you see all the big wigs walk down. And you're like, okay, this is kind of getting real. And then they come over and talk to you. And you're like, oh, like you won. You're going to win again, right? I'm like, oh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. There's a lot of good paddlers. And prelims went fine. I was third in prelims behind I, you and Dane. I thought I was third. Did I win prelims? I won prelims. You won prelims. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. And then going into quarters was fine. I got second in prelim or second in quarters Mm -hmm. and going into semis fully choked first ride a big fat zero Mm -hmm. on my first ride open up with air screw and flushed and so you have it's down at the island it was a friday afternoon like everyone's down there and this is world cups to clarify this was world cups last year yeah second second world cups yeah and visa had a 900 and Mm -hmm. i had to beat a 900 and i was like that's not even close to what I can score. I've scored 14 the day before, then a 13 the day before that. And so I was like, okay, just safe ride. And I was just, I remember very vividly, I was, I knew I was around the 800 point mark with two seconds to go. And the only trick that was going to get me past the 900 was the Blum McNasty. Mm-hmm. And so I just remember just blacking out and just, <laughs> doing the trick like yeah. i don't even remember doing the trick i just remember landing and looking at the clock and the time went off and it was just like that was the moment of this is real like mm-hmm. this is really that you're competing at your home you're not anywhere foreign you're at home you you know this wave it's just getting past i think that mindset that you're talking about of like everyone here is expecting me to win mm-hmm. and i think that's the big mindset to get past because it's just like these people are still going to be your friends at the end of the day. They just want to see you excel. I don't know if I'll be your friend. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, the other thing, like ironically, you're talking about the the semifinals. Personally, I find that the, the most challenging of all the rounds. I agree. Because, and I've actually, you know, I've tried to advocate for this. I'd love to see it changed, but um, it hasn't, and that's fine. Um, but there's such a strong field of competitors for the semifinals you got top you've got essentially the top 10 athletes of the whole event are there and you've got two rides your best one counts so the smallest amount of um room for error and the strongest field yeah um so finals like so once you make it to finals now there's only five and you get three rides your best count so you get a lot a larger you know a room for error and you're more than 50% chance you're already on the podium. Yeah. You're like, great. You know what I mean? Which is different from winning, but but still, trust me, being I've been in fourth before, third is way better than fourth. Yeah. By a long shot. And I, I've talked with people that that have gotten you know second and third and whatever, and I've been there. And they're like, oh, well, I really wanted to win. I'm like, trust me on this one, being on the podium is way better than fourth place. And fourth place... 
I don't know actually if it's that much better than fifth. I think it's just like it, there's a there's a pretty big difference from being on the podium and then not. fourth or fifth kind of both suck a little bit. Yeah. But um, but at least you get to play the game of finals. I've also been sixth, which equally sucks because then you don't even get an opportunity to play the game of finals. But anyway, um, but for semifinals, top ten go best run counts. Uh, it's the most challenging. We did one year. We did at, at the Hurley, the Hurley comp. They did, and this is since then. I've always thought this was the absolute coolest style to do it. The way they did finals was top ten go. They did semifinals round, but for finals. So ten go, two rides, best count, best win, and that ride wins. And I've always, and I've seen this in a lot of other sports like biking and and uh, skiing and different things like that. I'm like, man, that's actually pretty sick mm-hmm. because all top ten are pretty strong. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and even if they're like, even if there is paddlers that are like oh this is a a definite you know strong paddler and and 10th person is weaker or whatever when you do two rides best one counts it it gives more room for them to get it to like for either the stronger paddler to not get their best ride or for the weaker paddler to get their best ride mm-hmm. um and uh i don't know i've just i've always thought it was pretty intriguing because even like if you do your you do a solid ride, right? You do like an amazing first ride. You have the top 10 best people to do one more ride to knock you down. That's a lot of places you could go down. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, like, anyway, I thought that was always pretty cool. But that's not how our event works. It, it's it's uh, semifinals and you, they're split up into two different heats. So you already have a pretty good idea of like what the score is to what beat. you need to beat or you're setting what needs to be beat. Uh, if you go for it in the first heat. So yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, there's just pressure whether you like it or not. And, and I think the hometown hero is, is if you need to hire, you need indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. According to a recent indeed survey with indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think I felt that pressure more in finals too. So in finals here at World Cups as well, mm-hmm. second going into or was it third going into finals? Mm-hmm. Um, and Rob goes right before me on the first ride and throws down a twelve seventy. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Dang, Rob, this is your highest score of the whole comp. You're gonna do it in finals and full first ride, nine hundred points." Mm-hmm not even close to what I need. And second ride again, like a thousand points, 1100, not what I need. And Rob just, he even upped his score in his second ride to like almost a 13. And Dane had a 15, whatever. Um, 
And so I was sitting in third as of right, like going into my last ride, knowing you had one more ride and Dane had one more ride. And I was like, well, I got to lay it out there. And you, you have the whole crowd. And the kind of the crazy thing about Columbus walking back up to the top eddy is you're walking through the crowd of people, mm-hmm. which yeah. is cool, which is really cool. But it's also like people say things to you. They try and get in your head or not trying to, but they... They say things thinking they're helping, but it gets in your head. Mm-hmm. You start thinking while you're waiting for your ride because you have about 10 minutes, 15 minutes between each ride, especially for wave boating because it takes forever. Mm-hmm. And you're just dwelling on what you need to do and what you don't need to do. And you're also watching a competition going on. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of different. That's I think that's a special part about this world. It's going to be it's like you're walking through the crowd every single time. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I mean, I think um, I imagine that there's lots of, of stuff going through your head. I, can't, I, I doubt that there's malicious people out there. No, there's definitely not. It, people are like, good luck, you got this. Like, shake that off. And you're yeah. just like, that's the only thing I'm thinking about yeah, right yeah. now. It's like, Thanks, I'm, I never thought of that on my own. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I'm thinking about every little micro movement that we're doing because yeah. I don't know for you, but – we're doing these tricks off of muscle movement and the only way we're tweaking these tricks is very, very minor like tweaks mm-hmm. depending on how the wave, if it's foamy, if it's green, if it's faster, if it's slower, mm-hmm. the shoulders breaking, stuff like that. So it's like all these little micro things you're trying to remember as you're either competing in, in your 45 seconds or right before you're about to drop in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and talking about like people getting into people's heads, it, the irony is um, it happens whether you like it or not, but it, but it's mainly like your yourself. Own, it's yeah. yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like there are people that like what you say. You're doing great. Good job. Like go get it on your next run. Like in your head, you could take that super negative or you could take it positive. Do you know what I mean? They're thinking positively, but in reality, it has, you know, whatever effect it has in your own head. I remember last world championships in, in England – Dane was winning, but he was, I think he was fourth to go or something like that. So four more people had rides to beat him. And he was out there actually cheering people on because that's just the kind of guy he is. He wants everybody to do their best and for whoever's going to win to win. Like he, Dane isn't a kind of guy that likes to win by like, by accident type thing. Like, oh, somebody flushed and therefore I won. Yay. Like, it's like, no, he, he wants everybody to do their best and whoever wins, wins. Um, and probably because he's won so many times that he's just like, no, I, I want to win fair and square. I want to win my best beating your best versus my best beating your flush. Yeah. Um, not everybody's like that, but that's how he is. And, and I applaud him for that. Um, but so he was out there cheering on legitimately cheering on the other athletes. And I couldn't have been more proud. I I've talked about this before, but I thought that was just awesome. What a great, um, demonstration of, athleticism and support and all that kind of stuff. And after the fact, there were some people that were complaining, saying that he was trying to sabotage the other athletes. And I was like, oh man, one, he wasn't trying to do that. Two, that's your, like, I feel bad that you took that, that someone's cheering for you in such a negative way that you sabotaged your own ride 
because in your head you're thinking, oh, he must be trying to sabotage me somehow. Like, yeah. Um, and that's kind of like what you're saying, like that the doubt kind of creeps into your mind. I call it the demons of the mind. And um, it can go off. Like you can get that doubt and that fear and that anxiety creep in by somebody literally trying to encourage you. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it you got to be careful. I mean, that's... That's also part of competition, though. Like, that's a big part of the game. Like, what do they call it in golf? I think they call it the yips, where, uh, where like, you can't make a putt or something like that anymore. It's not a, The yips aren't a real thing. They, what the yips are is, like, a, it's like a psychological weakness. Um, and that happens in every sport, you know, whether it be, I'm sure that, you know, in running that you can actually get, you know, sugar crashes and different things like that. Half, I bet half the time it's probably more of a like a psychological crash do you know what I mean oh I'm having a sugar crash and therefore I have to or I'm having a cramp or I'm having like all that stuff it definitely exists don't get me wrong I've run I run I like running and I've had cramps and I've had that kind of stuff but part of of like being mentally tough is being able to like pursue through that and that's it's the same like with with all of that hell somebody could be throwing shade at you and giving you negative like feedback, like you see this in other sports, like basketball or baseball, baseball, you've got like the, you're up to bat and I'm sure, you know, the, the, catcher's, the just... catcher's, you know, saying stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and he's trying to like get into your head, but your job is to like, to stay mentally strong. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and that's just part of sports. And, and, um, and you hear that in a lot of different disciplines. I personally don't see that. I think our sport is is very, um, very open in the sense that everybody's pretty happy and go lucky. And um, at least maybe it's just my friends or maybe it's just my mentality. Like I want to encourage people. I'm not trying to like psych you out psychologically. Um, I'll, I wasn't saying people were. I'm just saying it's your own head that's right. getting into that. Yeah. But, but too often I find people actually think that. They're like, oh, so-and-so. I hear this, you know, ironically, I don't know why I hear this more in the women's class where people are like, oh, so-and-so is trying to get into my head or whatever. And you're like, really? Are they? Or is that just your interpretation of them encouraging you? Yeah. Um, or like something like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, and, and again, to me, it's more of like a like a sign of, of maybe not being mentally strong yourself, but just trying to how you internalize competition and mm -hmm. your own, like your own inner thoughts and your own inner doubt or your own like inner strength, all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see, you know, the world championships again, we're, we're at 60 days, 67, as you counted down exactly. Um, I'm intrigued to see how, cause the other thing, you know, we talk about locals, right? and the pressure that builds on locals, there is maybe not equal, but there is certainly a pressure that builds up that I have found anyway, that builds up to those that train at a spot for a certain amount of time. So even if you're not a local, if you've been here for six months, you're kind of local and you, you certainly have an edge knowing the feature, but then that same pressure gets put on you of like oh well you should perform better because you know this spot better you know yeah. what i mean and and so it's interesting to hear you talk about how you know we're two months out and you usually go two months to a, a location i've found like three weeks is almost too much 
Like I'm like, you know, two weeks, two and a half is kind of like my sweet spot. I could probably push it three weeks. Over that, I'm like, I just start overtrading. Yeah. And I'll like, I'll peak too early. Um, and now, ironically, I'm here. I'm here, you know, two months in advance. But I'm gonna leave, and then I'm gonna come back, and then I'm gonna leave again, and then I'm gonna come back, um, because I don't want to get that like that overtraining, and I don't want to peak early. I want to peak. I'm going to peak right at finals, just so you know. Yeah, um, that's your plan. That's my plan. That's my strategy. Yeah, I'm going to peak right at finals. Um, but yeah, no, there there is that whole like strategy or that whole, you know, overtraining, too much training. Like again, an example of training, right? Of w- whether you could overtrain or undertrain. We were in England, last World Championships. It was a COVID year, so ironically we had to push the world championships out a year so not only had some of the locals that live there trained there their entire lives but and then they start training whenever they announced that the world championships were going to be at in, in nottingham they've got whatever it is three years to train and really focused okay i'm training for my world championships at nottingham then it gets pushed out a whole other year so you get a whole other year of training Essentially, not just training, but training where no one else, none of the internationals are coming to train because borders are closed. Do you know what I mean? So you have like the absolute upper hand in knowing the feature and training on the feature and all that kind of stuff. And then Dane comes in having COVID and not being able to train, not being able to even go to the park. Got two sessions in before or one session in before prelims. The morning of. He yeah, got like he got of. like three rides before his prelims went. His his prelims were definitely still shaking through. And then and then each round he got better and better and better. And he certainly peaked, you know, in finals. Probably because it was the most amount of rides total that he had gotten by the end of the week. He's like, sweet. Now that I've had like ten rides, I know what to do. <laughs> um But the point being that like, you know, Gav or, and not that I'm picking on Gab, anybody, pick whoever that had been there training for years. Didn't, they, they certainly, if you were a betting man, you would probably think like, oh, they've got the upper hand because they know this feature the best. Rob, Gab, Harry. Yeah. I, were any of the, they were all in. Harry and Rob were in finals. Right. Um, and they certainly had like the, and I think they may have both, at least one of them. Harry um, got third. Yeah, but w- one of them was, uh maybe sitting in first going into finals. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the point being that like it, it, and the other cool thing about world championships that people don't quite realize, maybe Rob, Harry, Gav, um, uh, whoever, name whoever that, you know, knows that spot the best. Maybe if we were to do a world championships every day, for for meaning that like you did seven days in a row a competition maybe on average they're gonna win six of them you know what i mean and maybe dane wins the one and that just happened to be the world championships finals yeah certainly could be the case same with me you know at um at garb likely if we were to go back to garb and it was you know the same finals people maybe there's a maybe there's a toss-up like, but that's the beauty of the game is that you're playing a game and the finals, again, World Cups last year, whoever was all in our finals, I don't even remember, it was you, me, Caleb, Rob, Dane, Dane, yeah, I forgot about Dane, he did okay, um, 
you know, if we were to do a competition every day for seven days, probably not going to be the exact same results every day. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, but that's the beauty of competition. That's the beauty of playing a game. You don't realize that, like everybody thinks of the world championships, oh, they're the world's best. It's like, well, they're probably, you know, one of the world's best. But really what it is, is they won the game that day, that ride, that evening, whatever it is. Because tomorrow would be a new game and it certainly might be a different result. And the next day would be a new game and certainly might be a different result. I can't say for sure, but there's a high likelihood that it would change because everybody's good. And it really comes down to just how you do on that, you know, one ride or that or those three rides or whatever it is. So it's uh, it's interesting. And then how you deal with the pressure and all that stuff, it all adds up and it accumulates. And it's like it's really just like the performance in the moment of that exact moment. It comes down to 45 seconds comes down to 45 seconds of like the irony is is that it's like these these 45 seconds will claim a title that will last for two years and really a a, a title that will that will last the rest of your life because like again i won a world championships back in 2009 but you still hold that title i still still, use that title yeah i'm not the current world champion but i am our world champion and and i certainly get introduced to as a world champion um and so 45 seconds of your entire life gets like, it can determine such a, a drastic thing, but it, it really doesn't like, in a lot of ways, like it doesn't, it accumulates a title, but it doesn't really change much. It doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change like your athleticism. It doesn't change the other people's athleticism. It doesn't change their lives. Like it's, it's I think it gets held to a very high standard because of that title that will never cease to exist. Like it's just there forever. Um, but it's such, it's such a minuscule part of your entire life. Another thing, like, I guess just as we're kind of, you know, getting close to, we're at 45 minutes already into this talking about just the world championships and the weight that that holds. The irony is, you know, nobody really cares they do and let me preface this by saying the athletes we all care you care i care dane cares um uh, rob cares everybody is coming here to win to try their best to win because we all want to win the game but 10 years down the line I didn't even remember who was in finals. It took me a second to figure out who was in finals last year. It, I forgot that I won prelims of World Cup last year. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yet alone 10 years down the line, nobody's really going to remember your placing. If you won, maybe they'll remember. But even then, probably not because we were trying to figure out who won all the world championship titles and it's hard for me to go prior to the ones that I was in. I don't remember who won the world championships the year before I competed. It was probably Jake and Cade, but I'm not certain. Um, and I think it was EJ maybe before that. And then there was some other guy that I forget his name. And then at some point there was a German guy named Ollie and, and then EJ, I think won another one. He won a couple. And so like the point being, even if you win, they might not remember. If you get second or third or fourth or 10th or 33rd, nobody's going to remember. What they do remember, though, 
is how you made them feel in the eddy. You remember of every event that you've ever been to. I guarantee you that you remember who made you feel good, who made you feel like crap. Yeah. Who was nice to you, who was trying to play psychological games, who was encouraging when you were training or competing, who was discouraging. That's that is what you'll remember. That's what I'll remember. That's what everybody remembers. And so when I talk with, because I, I coach a lot of youth and juniors and stuff like that, and that's what I tell them. I'm like, go there. Go to the world championships. Have the most fun that you could ever possibly have. Because who knows how many of these you're going to go to. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. You get to, you get to um, represent your country at an international level, at a world championship event. Not, not many people in their lives get to say they've done that. So be stoked about it and, and relish in that. But at the same point, the most important thing that you can do is be encouraging, be friendly, be nice to all the athletes, nice to all the organizers, nice to all the parents that are there bringing their children there. Because that is really what it comes down to. That's what anybody ever remembers. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's it's mind-blowing to me because... It's all uh, about the journey to get there, too. It's like yeah, it's the journey. It isn't the outcome because people forget the outcome. Like, that's the irony about the whole thing is, like, so many people think it's the outcome. And and I forget most of the placings that I've ever... Com- I forget probably 60% of the events that I win. I don't even remember my placing. Do you know what I mean? It, but it's it's how... It's the fun that I had along the way. It's the fun that I had when I was there. It's the training and the journey there that I remember. And the reason why I'm still doing this after paddling for 20 years is because I have had that mindset and I have created and fostered um, a journey that is fun, a lifestyle that is fun. Too often do I see athletes that get burnt out. I am not going to point fingers or name names, but I know athletes that are multi-time world championships or multi-time world champions that are retiring because they're burnt out. Like, man, that's a little sad for me to see because you didn't, you, the journey, you, you made a mistake along the journey. Somehow you thought the end, the end result was going to be this big thing instead of making the journey the big thing and making the journey the fun factor along the way. So for anybody listening that either you're either is going to the world championships for you, for me, for anybody that's listening that wants to go to a world championships. It doesn't even have to be a world championships. Could be a, a a university diploma. Could be I want to get a business degree at Harvard. It could be that I want to become a doctor. Could be I've got a friend. I want to get a PhD. You get that and you're like, man, I thought it was going to be different. I got what I wanted and it, I'm not getting the feeling that I thought it was going to give me. So don't worry so much about the end goal. Worry about the journey and, and foster that and make that the fun part. And and it's so funny because we've heard this and everybody who's old has always said this. You know what I mean? Couldn't tell you how many times EJ's told me that over my, my lifetime. But it's true. Yeah. It's true. I mean, the reason why people keep saying it because it's true. I'm so, starting to see that more and more. I yeah. mean, the friendships you build while training and... The memories you build while training are like something you'll remember. 
yeah, a lot more than what you place at the World Championships for that 45 seconds. You honestly probably don't remember. Yeah, you don't. Like last, again, at World Cups last year, we were out there, huge lineups, 70 person, 90 person, I don't remember, lot. It was an hour waiting. We're standing on the rocks waiting for an hour before we get to do a ride. And then you wait another hour if you wanted to do a second ride. Long time waiting. And I was going out there with GoPros on my paddle, goofing around filming people. And I am sure that people were thinking like, what is this guy doing wasting his time out here? And I'm just thinking, no, this is the best time. I only get to see these people once every two years if I'm lucky. You know what I mean? Because they're international friends of mine. And I have built these friendships by going to world championships. And and hopefully they keep coming back by, you know, making their national teams to come back or else the friendship, you know, I have to travel to their country to go see them or paddle with them. Um, and so I'm just having fun out there filming friends of mine and, and talking with people from different countries and be like, oh, it's so great to see you again, whatever, whatever, instead of really focusing on the event and trying to do my best and whatever. Cause, and again, I am trying to do my best. Don't worry about me. Like, I, I'll see you in finals. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing my best in my own way. Do you know what I mean? But like, don't like, I think too often just people take it a little too serious and, and, and forget to have fun along the way because that's what it's all about. That's it's why a, you started the sport. It's why you started the sport. It's why, again, it comes down to playing a game. And we've been all over the map on this conversation about world championships and hosting it. And I'm, I really, I have more questions and maybe we'll have to do another one as, as we kind of continue on this like road to worlds interviews with, with different athletes and stuff like that. But for you, for me, for anybody listening, I encourage you guys just remember that it is a game that we're playing, whether it be freestyle kayaking, whether it be, whether it be anything the we're playing the game of life first of all within freestyle kayaking it's like a sub game within the game of life and in this sub game we're playing because we want to win just like how when we play monopoly deal or when we play checkers or when we play chess or any other game out there you play to win but you're really playing to enjoy time with your friends and you're trying to have fun with your friends along the way and guess what sometimes you win Sometimes you lose, but you go back and you play another game. Have you ever lost a chess game and you're like, screw that. I'm done playing chess forever. No, I'm like, never playing chess ever again. You're like, I want to get better. Right. I want to go play again. Yeah, and that's just how life is. And and it's the same with Monopoly Deal. Like, ironically, the more of a childish game it is, the more that we're like, okay, losing for whatever reason. And then the more of an adult game it is, whether it be the world championships of freestyle kayaking, whether it be entrepreneurship and starting your own business, whether it be going to university, they're all games that we're playing and we're trying to do our best. But really, it's like, enjoy it. Enjoy the game while we're playing that game because at some point, there'll be a winner, there'll be a loser. In school, somebody will get uh, deemed the the um, valedictorian. You'll either get your graduation papers or you won't. You can come back, play it again or not. Like, same with business. You either win by getting the contract or you win by getting the deal or the paycheck or whatever it is. You come back, you play a second time if you want or not. World Championships, the same. Like it's all just a game. And the more that you realize it's a game, enjoy the game, play it to your best abilities, come back, play again. I don't know. For me, that's like just the quickest way to 
to doing better and the, the more fun you're just going to have in the overall game of life. Because um, J.K. Rowling, I've, I'm going to butcher the quote, but she has some quote about like, you, if you place life, the game of life so cautiously that you don't even try, like you're so afraid of failure that you don't even play in the first place, you automatically lose because you didn't even enter the game in the first place. There's another quote about like the man in the arena. Uh, and the point being that like win or lose, the victory goes to the guy who played. The victory goes for the guy who tried. It's easy for someone to laugh and be like, oh, so-and-so got 33rd at the world championships or 52nd or whatever. What they're not seeing is that that guy went in, tried the game, played the game. Same thing with uh, jiu-jitsu. You go to a jiu-jitsu tournament. You go to a jiu-jitsu arena. You put on a white belt. You're a total beginner. Same with these kids that we just taught here in kayaking. They came out. They did a three-day class with us learning how to kayak. A lot of these kids were terrified. Some of them had never swam before. We're going to teach them how to kayak and run whitewater? Yeah. The victory goes to those guys for trying, for participating, for, for progressing forward one step more in this game of life that we all live. Because someday, the game's over. So far, as of right now, no one has figured out how to live to eternity. <laughs> so there's, there's an expiration date for each one of us. And that means the game will end. So it's up to us to just do the best that we can do to play, to play as long as we can, to win as many little games as we can along the way, but really just enjoy this game of life that we live. So that's what I want to encourage you. That's what I'm going to encourage myself and any athletes out there, but beyond athletes, just to anybody in life, go try things, do things, learn from the mistakes, get better, try again learn again, get back up, keep moving forward. Don't worry so much, Mason. You're going to go. This is what's going to happen. 67 days. They're going to come and go. And there will be someone that is crowned a world champion. Could be you. Could be me. Could be somebody totally else. Some, somebody else. Um, so could be somebody totally unexpected. And the next day is going to happen. 68th day. Life moves on. That's that's the whole thing, is that it's going to come and go. The game will end. Somebody's going to get crowned the winner of that game. But life moves on. Whether you win or lose, life still moves on. Yep. So do your best while we're playing this game. Get ready for the next one. Will do. Yeah, buddy. A uh, little bit of a different podcast as we're kind of, again, moving into the World Championships. I'm going to interview some more um guests some more athletes because this is super fun for me any final questions that you have for me about the world championships about um hosting or being like hosting the world championships at your home river one of your home spots being like the local boy having that all that weight and that pressure on your shoulders any other advice that i could give you as I've kind of lived through that, I've fumbled through it. I've succeeded through it. I have learned from it. Uh, anything else you want to add to it before we kind of sign off? Just got to remember to drop in and let it all go and just let the water flow. Let it flow. I like that. Let it flow. And uh, yeah, for anybody out there, 
I encourage you guys to come down to Columbus, Georgia, check out the World Championships. It's an amazing location, super fun town. We're actually, I don't even, I don't even know if you know, I think you know this, we're, we're doing a TV show, one of our TV show episodes are going to be doing during the World Championships. That'll be a whole other ball that I'll be juggling that I've never juggled before, so I'm sure I'll learn from all those lessons as well. But yeah, come on down to Columbus, Georgia. It's going to be a good time. I'm going to be here. Mason's going to be here. Come hang out, have fun, and yeah, check out the Chattahoochee River. There's some amazing white water here. If you don't paddle, the town is amazing. The hospitality here is is second to none, and yeah, I'm stoked on uh, the World Championships in Columbus, Georgia, and I'll see you in finals, buddy. See you in finals. Okay. Cheers, everybody. Have a great day. Oh, I guess I forgot to say before we sign off, if you guys got any value out of this, please, I encourage you guys to share it with someone. Leave us a rating and a review wherever it is that you're listening to your podcast. And uh, as always, thank you guys so much for tuning in, for listening. And I'm Nick Troutman here with Mason Hargrove in Columbus, Georgia, sitting in the winter grounds in a steaming RV at the moment. <laughs> so I'm signing off, wishing you all a truly awesome day. Cheers, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.